The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah. 2022. We here. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us in another off-season training camp episode. This training camp episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. I am your host, Nate, joined by my co-host, John, to discuss uh, some really cool things that just happened recently in training camp. We're going to discuss uh, a little bit of the red and blue game that just happened at Highmark Stadium on Friday night. We have some injury news and updates to certain key players in the team. Um, we have a cool stats of the game or stats of the episode quiz that we're going to do with our co-host John. Um, and I'm going to go over some of the biggest uh, surprises and disappointments so far from camp. So we're going to go over all of those things in this episode. I uh, want to thank again our sponsor for uh, this episode and uh, the training camp and the season going forward, um, the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Um, the folks over there at the uh, DeLago Resort and Casino, um, we've been talking with them for about four years. I think it's been four years now, John. Um, re- real quick, John, Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast, John. How are you doing, buddy? Doing awesome. I am ready for the season to start today. Let's go, Bills. <laughs> I know. Me too. Me too. It's exciting. We're we're uh, just about exactly a month away from um, the start of the regular season. Uh, it's an exciting time. Um, we uh, first, uh, like I was mentioning with the, the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, we first started working with them about a four years ago, I think is has it been three years ago? It was it was kind of a cool little situation where um, they just asked us to retweet something, and you know if we would like to visit them, we said sure. They're like, oh hey, we're having Bruce Smith here, and we we're like, um, yeah, that's awesome. Is there any way that we can interview Bruce Smith? And John, I think I learned a valuable lesson. I I feel like this whole podcasting experience has been a valuable lesson in life with me because uh, one of the things I learned is that if you don't ask. The question at all like the answer will definitely be no whereas you know if you ask then they might be like no of course not why would you ask such a dumb question nate from circling the wagons or they might be like yeah we'll look into it and that was one of those instances um where they said we'll look into it and we ended up uh, interviewing bruce smith probably to date uh we've been fortunate to uh interview a lot of former bills players probably one of the coolest uh interviews we have to date yeah, for sure. Especially it was in person too, right? So like, you, it's it's hard to 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 beat that. I know you interviewed a lot of people, you know, on the podcast 
remote remotely, but like to actually like shake his hand and everything. It was really cool experience. Yeah, it was it was it was a fun time. I'm glad we could do that, and luckily it's bloomed into a really cool partnership. Which, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last four years or so, um, Delago has been a huge part of that. So, want to thank them for being a part of it and continuing to be a part of it. And if you haven't been there, I'd absolutely recommend it. This is not something they asked me to say. This is something that I'm saying uh, personally because we've been there multiple times together as a group, as a podcast, to record there remotely. We've been there in the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. There's the, the Delago at the at the lounge there, um, watching uh, the games there uh, in, on Sunday at 1 p.m. Um, it is a cool, cool atmosphere, and as cool as like betting on your phone is, uh, you know, through the, the, the DraftKings app or like Bodog.eu or whatever. Like that's cool for sure, but there's just something different about being at a sports book and playing there or like watching the games as I don't know. It's just it's just different. And for our area, if you live in the western New York area, the central New York area, like it, there's just very few places like that. I'd liken it to uh, Vegas, which I've been to uh, several times, and uh, I actually think it's it's got kind of a cooler vibe, honestly, than a lot of the sports books that I've been to. So. Uh, absolutely recommend it. Thank you guys. Thanks to Addy and Brennan and the guys over there, the folks over there at uh, the Delago Resort and Casino. I'd absolutely recommend it. Some of you guys have asked me personally, either through Twitter or in some you know DMs, like, is it worth going to? Absolutely. So check it out. Go check it out there. Um, let's get right into um, some news and notes from this past week. Uh, since the last time we talked to you guys, the red and blue game, John, um, big game. Um, they had uh, 35,911 people there at Highmark Stadium for a training camp practice at night. That was really cool to see uh, Bill's Mafia out in full uh, full force. One of the coolest things, and I guess, you know, it sounds like the offense really had their way with the defense, especially Josh Allen and the passing attack. But um, what's most important is... Josh Allen coming out of the tunnel in the red helmet, which uh, Bills fans over social media um, have been clamoring over for, geez, it feels like two or three years now for them to bring an, uh, an alternate helmet back with them. And Josh Allen comes out. He gives the people what they want. Um, but at the same time, it's a complete Rick roll because that's not a plan of the the Bills uh, front office or the Bills brass to actually bring another alternate helmet into the fold. Uh, but it was really cool to see him uh, see him wear one out there and really just get us all super excited and then to let us down. He basically trolled us, which I think is I think is really funny and uh, totally something Josh Allen would do. John, when you saw that, what were your thoughts on it? And then obviously, you know, what, what did you think of it now that you know that it's not going to happen? To be perfectly honest, this Michael gets the grain, but like, I didn't like the red on red, mm-hmm. but like if it was like the throwback nineties helmet type thing with like the blue or the white, that would have been much better for me. But, uh, Either way, it was cool to see the helmet. Like, regardless of, you know, the jersey that he was wearing, I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, the other thing I want to point out was, how, how many fans did you say were at this, this scrimmage? Not even preseason game? Like, 36, 35,000. 30, yeah, almost 36,000. That's yeah. insane. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to see the Bills practice, that's like, essentially, That's right? like 60% of their new stadium that they're going to have, right? <laughs> that's going to have 60,000 <laughs> yeah. fans. <laughs> for a practice between the offense and the defense. Right. I think that's just a matter of like the fact that the Bills are that good and like the the fans are just that excited for this season. You know what I mean? And plus like we haven't really, you know, there's there's been some training camp, you know, practices that fans have been able to go to, you know, the last couple of years with COVID, but I think the ability to easily access them because of, you know, there's no COVID restrictions now. I think is part of it too, right? And plus, this is this is going to be their undefeated year on their way to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you can't blame people for being real excited. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, not at all. So to to answer, so to go back to what you were saying about, um, uh, wait, what did you just say? Did I miss a joke? I was reading something. Oh my god, I missed your joke. What did you say? Repeat it now. It won't be as funny. No, there's no joke. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, they'll totally be excited. Um, so Sal Capaccio tweeted out in response to the red helmet. Um, 
you're laughing hysterically as you mute yourself, so there must be something else I missed. Um, he said, I spoke to the Bill COO, Ron Rikua, who told me the red helmet Josh Allen wore won't be a helmet they wear in 2022 because the league only allows an alternate helmet with either A, throwback uniforms, or B, color rush color rush slash alternate uniforms, right? Okay. And he continues on. He says, the Bills can't wear red helmet with the throwbacks because the throwbacks use the standing buffalo white or standing buffalo while the red josh the red one, red one that josh had on is the charging buffalo they're no match so you would have to okay we'll, we'll get into changes that they could make but then their their color rush uniforms are all red so they can't use the red helmet with the red color rush uniforms kind of like you were mentioning because all red from head to toe is not their preferred look so they're they're in the same boat as you. The Bills brass, John, has the same thought as you, as they don't care that the uh, the color rush, uh, they don't like it. They don't care for it. I should say the color rush uniforms are all red. So would be so would be that helmet. So he, he ends it by saying, so the Bills will either wait until the NFL changes policy and allows an alternate helmet with a regular home and away uniform, which isn't possible right now, or wait to unveil a new alternate uniform themselves, which. Why wouldn't they do? I, I don't get that. I don't know why they don't just like the first. The first step would be um, if you want this helmet, which I would agree. Like you and I didn't discuss this before, but like we grew up in the '90s, so like we're used to this helmet up until like 2002 or whenever they stopped using it, or 2007 or eight or whatever. Like this is this is what we've used. You know, this is what we're used to seeing our entire life up until like the last 15 years or so. So like we have an affinity towards it naturally because of that. Um, so I would argue that like, if it was between, because we didn't grow up in the sixties or whenever they use the standing Buffalo and I love the standing Buffalo, I actually prefer it, um, over the charging Buffalo in my opinion, but, um, I could see them, I think, you know, in order to get around this, just change your, just change your, uh, throwback uniforms to your nineties uniforms, right? Like, unless the NFL doesn't deem that being too throwback enough, like, cause I think that that's one way you get around it. What do you think? Do you like that one? Do you, would you rather do that to get around it, or would you rather go all red and color rush, even though that's definitely possible? They said they could do that. They just don't want to do it. Uh, which one would you prefer? I, I don't know if I've ever liked the color rush or the bills. I I mean, I like the blue or the white. I like the charging buffalo, like the standing buffalo. Like maybe, maybe they could alternate each year. Like they could say, hey, this year we're going to do – our throwbacks from the sixties, the shore into our throwbacks from the nineties. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like all red, all blue, all, eh, all white's not too bad, but like, I don't like the all colors in general. Like if you're going to do red, I like red with white pants, as weird as that sounds. Like I'm, I'm good with that. So maybe I'd be okay with that. But then people were messaging me over Twitter and saying, Hey, like in Madden, I love going all red for the color rush uniforms and then using the red, helmets i'm like really do you really like that and they're like yeah like i actually actually looks really good so uh i haven't seen it before i'm not it doesn't sound like something i would like but uh the other the other way to get around it john is um like i mentioned you just get rid of just get rid of the uh the 60 charging buffalo um or you just use it on the color rush but uh I mean, there's ways to do it. There's ways to figure it out. So yeah, and um, and leave it in the Bills' hands. But. Maybe a loophole is you don't have to have the same throwback every year. Like you could change it each year, right before the season. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, NFL, we're going to do this as a throwback this year. Yeah, or unveil a new uniform altogether. But yeah, yeah, I, it's it's funny because I, I do love the red helmet, but really, in actuality. It's not that much different from the helmet they currently have. It's literally just a background color. Whereas if you think about, you know, the other, the throwback helmet with the standing buffalo, that looks completely different. You know, if you think about like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their current symbol versus the the throwback with a knife, with the the Buccaneer with a knife in his in his mouth, like that's sick. Like there's there's completely different. So uh, I get that. I get that. We spent a lot of time already talking about that, but I thought that that was kind of cool. Uh, in general, that he did that, and and good on Josh to like uh, for his him knowing, and he and the, and the social media team did not know he was going to do that, and they mic'd him up, and they're like, he's like, these fans are gonna go freaking nuts over this over this helmet, 
And he it's just kind of cool that he knows what the fans like. He has his ear to the ground because I don't think if I were to ask like a fan that wasn't on social media, like, hey, do you think the you think fans like, you know, really like the red throwback? They'd be like, ah, I don't know, maybe, I guess. Like, it's clamoring. He has his ear to the ground, I guess. It's just, he, he knows, he knows more or less what, what Bill's Mafia thinks, I guess, in, in one way or another. And this is just proof of that. Let's be honest. Alan could have ran out of the tunnel wearing pretty much anything and everybody wouldn't. <laughs> All about it. <laughs> yeah, like a giant turd emoji on the side of the helmet. People would be like, woo! Josh is amazing. He's so funny. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he could do anything. You're right. You're right. He can do no wrong. Um, at this point, but anyway, Josh Allen had a great practice that night. Um, in the red and blue game, as you would suspect. Um, we're gonna get into more notes. Um, when we talk about biggest surprises and biggest disappointments, which will kind of allude into the blue red and blue game. Um, big news. As of recently, um, as of today, uh, when we're recording this on Sunday, Reggie Gilliam just signed a two-year extension with the Buffalo Bills, which is kind of kind of cool. You don't see a ton of extensions being done in training camp. Is that a fullback? Yes. Yes, fullback. Fullback Reggie Gilliam, right? When was the last time we had uh, a, a really decent fullback? Larry Centers, did, I want to say? Did they even use Gilliam previously? <laughs> I, I don't remember hearing hearing that. It's got to be for a special teams role because we don't see him a whole lot in the offense. I got to be honest. That's right? true. That's Unless, true. Special teams could be part of that, right? It's got to be mostly special teams. I'm thinking. So he started five games last year, so that's something. How many um, offensive snaps, though? Can you see that in Pro Football mm, Reference? I don't know, but he had three attempts for three well, yards. <laughs> long of long so of two, five five targets, three receptions. So basically, he's a staple on the offense, is what I'm getting from from these this this stat line. <laughs> he played in so here's how he played in all 16 games, making five starts in 2021, both career highs. He's played in a total of 30 games plus five playoff games. He's been with Buffalo since 2020, which is only two years ago. Signing as a as an undrafted free agent out of Toledo. So he makes an impact on special teams, played 315 uh, snaps on the unit in 2021. I'm guessing this is more like that. Or, or John, it could be possible that with new offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, maybe he's cooking up something where he would like a fullback more often. So it's possible. We'll see. I, I thought he was cooking up something with two tight ends, though. He's cooking up with something with two tight ends, one full. He's going zero wide receiver, John. <laughs> Three tight ends. One fullback, two running backs. Yeah, they drafted. Yeah, they drafted Cook too. They got two, they got another running back too. Exactly. <laughs> One tight end's gonna play right tackle. It's gonna be crazy. You'd have no idea. James Cook, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's it's note noteworthy. Um, I don't know if it really matters that much. I'm sure it doesn't kill the cap at all. So, um, kind of cool. I think Reggie Gilliam's been a, like a process guy in the background. So. Uh, good for him. Uh, so next news is Roger Saffold starting left guard. Roger Saffold returns to practice for the first time since training camp opened. Uh, if you guys remember, um, he started off the, she started off training camp on the NFI list for non-football injury from the car accident, which, which we found out happened a little bit over a month ago. Uh, so he he had some sore ribs or some broken ribs from that. He is not uh, doing team drills just yet, just positional drills so far where there's no threat of contact. We'll see if he plays this Saturday against the uh, Colts in the Bills' first preseason game or not. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, also along the offensive line, Spencer Brown, uh, right tackle Spencer Brown, participated in the one-on-ones with defensive linemen and also team drills at right tackle for the first time in training camp, which is good to see. It's good to see progress from the starting uh the starting offensive lineman. Uh Morse. So what's interesting about that too is the Bills haven't had their starting line completely ready in team drills yet since the start of training camp. So um we'll talk about that a little bit later as well, but um it'll be interesting to see how this goes from here on forward. Morse, Mitch Morse had a veteran rest day. So Ryan Bates played at center. Um, so I, I, interesting that he was the first 
backup for center. So then there were other guys that played in 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 the for the for guards in eleven on eleven, including uh, Greg Mans and uh, and Questenberry. So uh, going to be really interesting to see where this goes. Um, I'm going to talk about biggest disappointments on the offensive line later, um, and I think it's it's a very obvious one. But uh, but we're gonna go over that a little bit later. Uh, Micah Hyde practicing now after his uh, hip and glute injury. John, did you have something you wanted to add for that? No, I was gonna venture a guess, but you said we're gonna talk about it later. So no, no. Okay, 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 okay. You uh, you want to guess right now? I'll t- I won't tell you if you're right or not, but you can take a guess right now. Well, you want to tell me if I'm right? Um. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I'll tell you if you're right or not. Let's go. Cody Ford. <laughs> Uh, you might be right. You might be right on that one. So, <laughs> so uh, one of the many disappointments, or no, I shouldn't say many disappointments. One of the disappointments so far in training camp. Uh, yes, Cody Ford is one of them. So, uh, Micah Hyde practicing again after the hip and glute injury, which is great because whenever you have your uh, all pro safety go down, um, like he did a week ago in the middle of practice, uh, that's always scary, especially when. This season is so important, and it's so important to have these guys healthy for that, especially with um, Tredavious White being injured and potentially not being ready for the beginning of the season. You don't want a backup uh, safety in it along with a backup cornerback in um, as well. So, um, But on the other side, Jordan Poyer is still wearing a wrap on his left elbow, but uh, McDermott said that he's probably about a week or two out, which is great because, like I said, we have a month before the regular season. I don't care if Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer play another snap before the season, just as long as they're ready for the season. Do you think Poyer's going to get extended? Mm. Don't you wonder if this injury like hurt his ability to get extended at all? Like, I mean, I mean, does that change his value? Are they like, well, you know, maybe they try to get him at a discount? I don't know. I mean, it's just a hyper-extended elbow, after all. So I think he could probably get extended despite that particular injury. Take a million off a year, right? Like, we're, we're ready. Let's do it. Let's sign off the dotted line. A hyper-extended elbow means a million dollars you lose per year. No. Um I don't know if this matters in the long run, but I don't know if they're really planning on doing an extension before the season. Uh, I think if they do, if they, if they extend him, it'll it'll obviously be before the season starts. They're not gonna they're not gonna do it um, during the season. So they'll, they'll probably trade somebody beforehand and then extend them. Oh yeah, that's very possible. You mean to 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 lose to to free up some cap so they can. Do you have a trade target when you say that, or are you just saying in generalities? Generalities. Not Cody Ford. Okay. Cody. <laughs> or just cut him outright and extend Poyer. I mean, that doesn't save you much. It's only like, you know, $7,800,000 or whatever. But still, hey, any penny counts. Um, Last thing I'll say for injuries is Marquez Stevenson, the 2021 six-round pick wide receiver, uh, is still expected to miss several weeks with a foot injury. Uh, so uh, it's interesting. When you and I went to camp, um, the very first day of training camp, we were able to go together. Uh, I liked Marquez Stevenson, man. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked like someone that's like, I know he's a fringe roster player, and I know he probably won't make the roster to begin with, but um, you know, maybe there's a chance in the punt return game or something that he could catch on because I hate to see these like, you know, fifth and sixth round guys go just randomly just because there's not enough room for them and the Bills not get even get a chance to develop him because he has speed and the Bills need speed on offense. You know what I mean? I, I gotta be honest with you. The whenever McKenzie or Stevenson were returning kicks last year during the season, I was holding my breath. <laughs> every time. every time and then like at some point they put Hyde back there which was great but you don't want him to like burn himself <laughs> out on like returns or get him injured because you need him on defense so it's like i don't know i don't make you know like everybody's forgetting about Tavon austin maybe he ends up being in that role this year maybe mm-hmm. i don't know it's tough they got a lot of receivers it's that's definitely gonna be an interesting top to down positional battle i think like Who's going to make the roster? How many do they keep? 
I know people forget about Isaiah Hodgins, like he's not on the team. Um, haven't heard a whole lot about Isaiah Hodgins. I've heard more about Marquez Stevenson or seen more from him. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's going to be tough with this wide receiver room being as good as it is that they can do that. You know, I will say that maybe it's a good thing that Stevenson is injured right now because if he goes injured into the season, they'll just stash him on the IR, you know, and just wait till next season where they may actually have an opening for him. So just like my, but yeah, just like on my dynasty team, I just stash him on IR and it's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you now? You got to figure the top five wide receivers are Diggs, Davis, Crowder, McKenzie, and Shakir, the rookie. So like that only leaves like one, maybe two, if they somehow find a way. So like to to move other positions around. So maybe one, and then if you're thinking one, it's probably going to be like a Jake Kumaro or someone on special teams. There's not a lot of room for a guy like Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah Hodgins, or you know. It, I didn't even mention Jameson Crowder, did I? You did, but I was just going to ask: Is he a shoe in? Oh, so okay, okay. We're gonna, we're, we're going to get let's let's go into that before we actually before we get into that. I'm gonna you want you, you try to switch gears on me, John. I wasn't ready, but um, do you want to do your stats of the game right now, or stats of the episode right now, or you want to do biggest camp surprises for me? What are you feeling? It's, it's your it's your call. Uh. Let's go biggest camp surprises. I feel like that'll be more relevant to what we've been talking about. Yes, yes, correct, correct. Good call there. See, man, that's why you're the co-host. Um, you might as well be producer of the podcast. So, <laughs> so uh, one of the biggest surprises for me so far in training camp, I've uh, I've got a couple of them, but the first one is Isaiah McKenzie. Now, Jameson Crowder came back to practice for the first time since day one. Um, so he got a lot of reps in and he saw a lot more reps because Isaiah McKenzie was out today with soreness. So, uh, this was, you know, and Jameson Crowder is a really good slot wide receiver. I mean, he's definitely more proven, um, and skilled than Isaiah McKenzie. But, um, from everything I've read about Isaiah McKenzie from the, since the beginning of camp is he's just been making plays left and right. And, you know, with a lot of these, like, uh, a lot of the Bills media members, is, you know, if, if guys are doing okay, like they'll just, they probably won't even mention them. But the fact that they keep on mentioning Isaiah McKenzie over and over again, like the, the, he has, from what it sounds like, a legitimate chance to have a shot at the starting slot wide receiver role over Crowder, or at least, or at least challenge him well, depending on how the rest of training camp goes. And also depending on how it looks in the preseason, in the upcoming preseason games. So, um, I've been, that's something that's super cool to see. Part of me, um, isn't surprised by, by that. I think a lot of the reason why McKenzie was just thrown down the depth chart was that I think Brian Dable got kind of stuck in his roles for the team and was like, okay, this guy's going to be this, like, you know, Isaiah McKenzie's a jet sweep guy. But when he got the opportunity, he did great things with it. He had a lot of chemistry with Josh Allen. So you have to ask yourself, you know, is McKenzie, uh, you know, he's, <laughs> is he, is he a miscast wide receiver three, you know, that's been miscast by Brian Dable or is he Jake Kumro of last year, part two? Like you never know. So, uh, so what, what are your thoughts when, when you hear about, when you think about that with Isaiah McKenzie? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting for sure. Like it, it felt like in, when the Bills are playing, like Cole Beasley was great against, especially zone defenses, right? He could sit in that spot where there was nobody. And McKenzie seemed to excel where there was man-to-man coverage, like in like the Patriots game and, and other games. So I, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know too much about Crowder, um, about like you know where his strengths, what his strengths and weaknesses are, but. Um, and McKenzie also didn't have a huge opportunity to play a ton either. So yeah, it's definitely going to be very interesting to see who gets all those targets and like, it can't be both, right? Like it's gotta be one or the other. Like, do, do they keep both? Yeah. Like they have a lot of slot type guys. They, like, they will definitely keep, I think they definitely keep both. I think they definitely keep Crowder and McKenzie because I think McKenzie, um, offers a lot in the slot role that maybe a lot of the other receivers, um, down the line. Well, I think Shakir does. I was just going to say Shakir well, is, is going to be in that mix too. Like they have a lot more slot depth than they do outside depth. So like not think, everybody's yeah, going to be able right. to stay on the slot. 
I think Shakir, though, it sounds like uh, they like him as possibly some could could do some outside wide receiver work as well. Um, but mostly in the slot, but also, you know, maybe long-term slot, but like in the interim, like he could come in for either or, right? If, if someone needs a rest or whatnot, right? Um, but yeah, they definitely have more depth at, at slot for sure. So I guess you have to ask yourself, like, I, I always think of the analogy of like McKenzie, like, is he this diamond in the rough? Like he's like, he's been with the Bills since 2018. Like this is his fourth season with the Bills and he really has yet to make a huge impact on special teams or offense like it would be great if he was a if he was the punter turner kick returner that we could trust because then it would just make him like he does that and he's also the backup slot or he's the slot receiver or he's great depth behind being their punt returner you know what i mean yeah like he'll have one like huge epic game each year and then like some okay games and then they don't use him other games like so it's hard to kind of Mm-hmm. You know, gauge all that. You know what I was just thinking? He's kind of like uh, an analogy for um, <laughs> for Isaiah McKenzie being with the Buffalo Bills so long, and they really haven't found a use for him. It's kind of like, um, have you ever like bought a protein powder or something, like a tub of it, and you're just like, I'm going to drink this every day for lunch instead of like food or whatever. And then like after like a week or so, you forget about it, and then it ends up in the cupboard like behind everything. And then like a year or so later, you're like, you come across and you're like, hey, like, yeah, that's that thing. Oh, yeah, like, I was going to do this. Like, well, I'm back on the train, man. I'm doing it again Monday. And then, like, you kind of forget about it again after a few days. Like, he's like that guy. It's just a matter of, like, are we going to stick with it? Is he going to be part of our, like, you know, diet and workout routine? Or is he just going to get shoved back into the into the back of the uh to the back of the cabinet with whatever whatever else gets shoved in the back. I don't know, like beef jerky. I'm trying to think of other things that like ramen. I mean, what else? What else gets put in the back of the of the, of the cupboard? Yeah, I mean, everything's great Monday, Tuesday, and then all of a sudden by Wednesday you're eating garbage plates again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you just like protein fueled yourself up for no workout, so you're like gaining weight along before before you take the. It's like before you uh, eat the garbage. It's plate. day three. You're like, oh, it's my cheat day. It's fine. <laughs> I did two days straight. I deserve a cheat day. And then it's like Friday or Saturday. It's like, well, you know, I had cheat day after three days. So it's been three or four days after that. So, yeah, I can have another cheat day. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the next Monday, you're like, I'm good with the way I look. I don't need yeah. to cheat anything about myself. Then you take your kids out for ice cream. It's like, well, I got to have some ice cream, too, right? <laughs> What am I gonna? What am I gonna be that guy that takes a kid's ice cream and doesn't have ice cream? What am? What am I? A, a martyr? <laughs> That's so funny. So funny. You're, you you like justify it too to yourself. You're like day one and two you have the protein shake and day three you have the garbage plate. You're like, well, you know, there is a lot of garbage plate in these uh, these burgers and hot dogs I'm eating. So like that's that's I'm basically having a garb a protein shake. Um, let's also talk about like another one of the biggest surprises. Um, at camp for me so far in training camp is AJ Epinesa, the third year defensive end out of Iowa. Um, you know, coming into this season, um, last season he showed some flashes, but like, you know, was inactive some days in the roster, uh, some games in the roster was kind of like hit or miss if he'd ever make an impact or not. Um, he had a huge game against the dolphins last season. Then we didn't hardly see him at all. Uh, from what I've been reading, from what the media members have been saying, is AJ Epinesa has been flashing into the backfield each day of training camp that they've seen him. And uh, it's good to see either in the backfield on a run play or whether it's uh, for a sack against the first team offense. Uh, you know, that's been great to see. You kind of always hope that these guys like take the next step. Second round picks taking the next step. Never a bad thing, John, before we get into big, biggest disappointments. Uh, second round pick, you know, so, so you always kind of hope that, you know, he's going to make that. And in his third season, we're finally starting to see it. And, uh, it sounds like, so Von Miller did not start, did not see any action at all on Friday night in the blue and red game. Guess who got the reps, uh, instead of Von Miller? Epinesa? Epinesa, baby. (laughs) A.J. Epinesa. (laughs) So you had A.J. Epinesa and Greg Rousseau as a starting defensive ends. So it's kind of cool. It sounds like he's beating out um, 
Boogie Basham Jr. and Shaq Lawson for the third pass rusher role. So it's good to see. It's good to see guys like that um, step up. Um, let's go into our biggest disappointments of training camp so far. And John mentioned it earlier, and I mentioned second-round picks that have not taken the next step. And I have to go with uh, Cody Ford. And it's just um, the offensive line depth in general is a, is a disappointment for me in training camp. Um, if you follow this podcast, Circling the Wagons, um, then you would have known, like, with We've been talking about needs like Mike, John, and I, after the season, we talked about needs for like three or four weeks straight heading into the draft, into free agency. And even after the draft, I was like, man, it would have been nice if they had taken a guard at any point in the draft. And you're just seeing it with, you know, Saffold being out up until today. You're seeing it with Ryan Bates was dealing with an injury earlier this season. You're seeing... um you know, Spencer Brown with some injuries like this offensive line depth is very much in question when they lose a guy or so like it is a big deal. And guys like Tommy Doyle really aren't ready to step up. We're still trying to see if Questenberry, the the uh, the free agent right tackle and who they've also been switching in and guard, um, if he's ready to take a, a next step and either, even push for the right tackle role, or is he going to be a utility player um, in a guard right tackle? I mean, Bobby Hart is seeing reps over Cody Ford. So if there was ever an offseason for Cody Ford to show improvement or to show that he belongs on this team, this is it. They're giving him every opportunity, and he just continues to just like get beaten over and over again, and, and he just disappoints. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but he's just been disappointing his entire career so far, I guess, with the Buffalo Bills. And uh, it's unfortunate that this was the chance that he had. New offensive line coach and Aaron Cromer, a guy who sounds like he can he can get the best out of his players. Uh, you're like, well, maybe this is the renaissance of Cody Ford. Maybe this is his his rebirth, his second chance to make uh, make an impact on this team. He's not. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the guy, there's only so much you can do to help people, I guess. And uh and I, one of one of the biggest things is is uh, he's had the chance. He just can't make anything of it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you on Ford. Um, I do like Questenberry. I like Bates. I do like some of the the pieces they have. Maybe not Hart. Um, I mean, it could be worse. Remember when they had Linkson Walker, Derek Dockery, and Melvin Fowler <laughs> as starters? That was that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, if Cromer can't get out as much out of these guys, he could always throw beach chairs at them or something. And, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, John, John, bringing in the beach chair episode. Oh man, wow, wow. I, I, I feel like since he he's come back, it's like, is that cool? Like, is anyone ever gonna ask him about that? Like, no. Okay, I guess we're just gonna forget that that didn't happen. Where he like beat up some kids or whatever, and just threatened to allegedly, allegedly, a threatened to, you know, kill them if they uh, mentioned anything like this or whatever when he was with the Bills. I, we're just going to forget about it. But it sounds like the players really like Aaron Cromer. And uh, that's the... Well, that, that's I mean, that was the Rex Ryan era, so it's different, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, McDermott wouldn't put up with that, right? Like, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, so, you know, first when we got Cody Ford, which is funny because I remember watching the embedded episode that, uh, you know, Pagula Sports Entertainment put out for when the Bills, they were so afraid they weren't going to get Cody Ford, and they showed Brandon Bean, like, calling up all these teams to see if they could trade up to get Cody Ford. And, like, oh, you know, at the time, you're just like, that's great. Bean got his guy. We got the right tackle of the future. Now we have the other bookend to go along with Deion Dawkins. And then, you know, it didn't really pan out a right tackle. Like, okay, whatever. Like, it's okay if we don't get a right tackle, just as long as he's a good guard. And then we didn't even get a good guard. And you're just like, well, geez, you know, like it's very frustrating. Um, Cody Ford has been, I think, one of the most disappointing players of the Bean era, uh, the Bean draft era, um, unfortunately. And, uh, and it continues into training camp this year. So speaking of lack of depth, my, my last biggest disappointment so far in training camp, and mind you, like, I mean, these are all just from observations. These are all practice. Nothing really matters in the end. In the end, the biggest thing that matters in training camp is number one, by far, it's not even close. Like, this is the most important. Like, this is like the entire mountain of importance in training camp is that there's no injuries, right? Like, there's no major injuries. Like, that's all that matters. All that matters for all of this. Jay Kumaro could walk on water and it doesn't freaking matter just as long as Josh Allen doesn't get hurt. Like, that's all we care about. So, um, 
so we have to take everything that we all say about in regards to training camp with a grain of salt because, you know, we're just going off observations. The coaches might be putting players in certain positions so they might not succeed very well because they're trying things out, right? So um, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I will say the second biggest disappointment that I have um, on my list is the Bills starting, you know, outside corners in Dane Jackson and Kair Elam. Um, they're just getting raked over the coals by Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Well, they have the best two receivers in the NFL. What do you expect? <laughs> so, so you have to ask yourself, John, that's a, that's an excellent point. I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs could literally be two of two top 10 wide receivers, right? Like you could be looking at it that way for sure. So, um, you have to ask yourself, is it a matter of that they're just really not that good because they haven't shown a lot of really they haven't shown flashes a lot in training camp. And I've been reading a lot, looking for some good things, positive things that people have said about them. They haven't said a lot of positive things about them. And also, uh, you know, they've just been saying a lot of negative things. So uh, you just got to hope that it's either, you know, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs are that good. Or, you know, we got to hope Travis White comes back in full health by week one. Um, but luckily, you know, the first the first fear. So if, if, if Travis White starts off on the pup list, um, he can come back after week four. Okay. So before it was week six, now it's week four. So that's a new, new change this last off season. So the bills first four games are the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins and the Ravens. And of those four teams, really only two have passing attacks you're worrying about. I mean, unless you call count, you know, Tua and Tyreek Hill connecting on a 65 yard pass and training camp is like a huge passing threat, which I, I still don't. Until they prove otherwise, I still don't think that Tua is 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 scary. I mean, he's a bottom. They were a bottom ten uh, or bottom fifteen passing offense last season, so I'm not really worried about them. But um, the Rams and the Ravens have good passing offenses. As much as people don't like Lamar Jackson, he was only a couple spots behind uh, the Bills' passing offense and passing yardage. Uh, we might be able to survive four games without. Tredavious White with a couple of those teams. It would be tough to do it for all four, though, you know? He'll be back week one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. I, it was all that for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all that for nothing. But you know what's funny is uh, um, the Bills, so Dane Jackson and Elam have been doing so bad that sixth-round rookie Christian Benford out of Villanova has been getting the options or the chances to start, you know. So, like, does that mean that, like, that's really good for him? Or is it just like, man, the other guys aren't doing that good, so, like, that's a bad sign. Um, either way. Yeah, maybe like, they're all good. <laughs> maybe the only guys, the only guys in the entire NFL that Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam can't, cover is Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis, right? Like, we just got to hope that that's the case. <laughs> so when you're talking in the Rams, Cooper Cup, like, they'll be fine because Cooper Cup isn't Gabe Davis or Stefan Diggs. We're good. <laughs> and you were just sending me uh, a message uh, saying that Matthew Stafford might be in question for week one, right, where the Bills play the Rams on Thursday Night Football. It's a potential possibility, a small possibility. Yes, I did see a report that Stafford was dealing with bad tendonitis in his right elbow, per Ian Rappaport. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't really give a timetable on that. Um, obviously, in the short term, he's not going to play in the preseason and stuff like that. But um, if he's ready, he'll probably play week one, if I had a guess. But mm-hmm. it's a question of if, if it's going to affect him at all. Uh, I I know he's played with other injuries in the past and he's been fine. So um, I wouldn't read too much into it, but it is a thing, I guess. Man, I was ready to read into it so much, John. So, but I mean, you know, the, the only, let's just hope that the only players that uh, Dane and Kyrie can't cover are the, the two wide receivers on our roster. So uh, let's go into uh, stats of the episode. Um, stats of the episode are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. John, tell us some interesting stats for the Buffalo Bills. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lead this off with a question. Ooh, and I like it. It's uh, I could ask this a couple different ways. Let's go with this. Okay, so in the last three seasons mm-hmm. for the Buffalo Bills, what is their average rank for number of sacks per season? In the last four seasons, the last three seasons, three seasons. Um, geez, it doesn't seem like they get that many sacks, does it? Um, so average rank in the NFL, I don't know. Like, I'd say I probably give them about average, like sixteenth out of thirty-two, sixteenth ranked. How's that? How's that fit? Okay, so so it's about twelve or thirteen. Okay. In the last three years, they were eleven, fifteen, and twelve. Um between 38 and 44 sacks across those three seasons. Mm-hmm. Now now does that count does that include 2021 where they had an extra game? Right. Yes. And they were and they were ranked what in the last season? 11th. 11th okay. Which is their best in the last 5. So like if you go by rankings, 11th, 15th, 12th, 26th, 29th are the last 5 seasons. So twenty nine, twenty six, those are McDermott's first two, but the last three they're between eleven and fifteen. Um so like the number of sacks can obviously vary wildly. Like in twenty eighteen they had thirty eight sacks, but they're twenty sixth ranked. Where in twenty twenty they had thirty eight sacks, but fifteenth ranked. So it, I don't I don't know if it's better to go by the number of sacks or the or the ranking. Um but basically in the last three years they're about like twelfth or thirteenth overall. Um, so the question is, from there, does Von Miller help them? Does the progression of Rousseau and Basham and Epinesa help them? The combination of all that, you know, I mean, they were number one ranked defense last year. So, like, you know, anything else is gravy at this point. But, like, to get more pressure on the quarterback. So this is just sex. This isn't, like, a, you know, the statistics for, like, pressures and hits like that, that, that could be different. Hmm. Well, you know how I feel about E.G. Epinesa. So you've got to figure at least 10 sacks for Von Miller, at least 10 fa- sacks for Gregory Rousseau, at least 10 sacks for E.G. Epinesa, right? As a backup, right? So then that leaves 30 sacks. Uh, they only need like 10 more to get to above 40. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, yeah, a couple safety blitzes. A couple of safety blitzes. <laughs> uh, I have been reading that when the Bills pass rush doesn't get to Allen or the other quarterbacks, like they don't really seem to have a, an issue picking up, picking on Elam and Dane Jackson. That kind of goes back to that point. So like the Bills are very much in need of Von Miller if, if Tredavious White isn't right. I mean, just think about like the Bills didn't have Tredavious White for like the last six or seven games of the regular season and postseason. And the game that it really mattered was the Chiefs game with a good quarterback, right? And Patrick Mahomes just picked them apart. Um, so and, the Bills had no pass rush, and, and they bar- really. and they barely lost that. Like if the kickoff was different, it could have gone the other way. Like they might not have even needed them for that. And then the ensuing games, Cincinnati and the Rams, they might not have needed them. Yes. How crazy! How crazy to think about that they're getting Tre'Davious White and Von Miller this year, where they didn't really have either one last year. I mean, they obviously they had White for half a season, but like that's crazy. Oh well, I mean, you add. I I talked about this with uh, Sean Murphy, the BuffaloRumblings.com staff writer, um, last week, and I was like, you know, you bring back Tre'Davious White and Von Miller onto that same team, and the Bills win that one easily, right? I mean, it's not even close. Right, like they win by at least a touchdown or two. You're talking about a legit, legit pass rush all of a sudden, and you're talking about legit coverage on one side of the field at least. You know, I mean, will Tre'Davious White still take his lumps against Tyreek Hill? Absolutely, but Tyreek Hill is not going to have like 150 yards and you know whatever he would normally have, right? So, um, I don't know. Yeah, that 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 changes it completely, but. Um, yeah, I think I think the Bills have more sacks this season. Even though like Mario Addison, I think Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes combined for about 10 sacks last season. So, you're talking about Von Miller making up those 10 sacks, Gregory Rousseau with another year in the system. You're also talking about Ed Oliver being freed up a lot more than he was last season. I think he was like top 5 or top 10 in in um double teams uh, for defensive tackles. 
Um, you're talking about Jordan Phillips coming back, which we don't talk about enough as far as his pass rush presence. I believe he had, I believe Jordan Phillips had 10 sacks, 10 or 11 sacks the season that he left, uh, right before he left the Bills. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to like about the Bills pass rush this season, but you have to also question, you know, is the secondary going to give the pass rush enough time to actually get home? Um, and I think, uh, you know, the Bills play a lot of not so good quarterbacks this season, so I think they can take advantage of them. I think they only played like five or six really good quarterbacks this season. So you're talking about, you know, 11 or 12 quarterbacks that they can, you know, just get the, them to hold on to the ball another half second or second longer and the pass rush will get home and they'll wreak havoc. So um, I think the Bills go up from, what were they, 11th last year to like, um, I'll say 7th or 8th this season. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think top 10 for sure, uh, just with the development of those younger guys and the Von Miller. And like Von Miller is going to take more attention from other teams that's going to help those younger guys even more and build their confidence for the next season even. like I think it's going to be great. I mean, from all accounts, like Ed Oliver's having a tremendous training camp. Like I didn't mention in biggest surprises because, you know, Ed Oliver being good at football isn't a big surprise, but how good he's been doing with Von Miller, um, he he says it feels like, it, I believe his, his quote was, it feels like it's cheating having him on the other side because it lets him do so much more. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the season where people like, around the league really start to realize how good Ed Oliver is. Like, we realize he's good as Bills fans. Like, he makes a splash player, too, like, per game. But, like, this is this is the season where he could start to, like, take over games. You know what I mean? Like, maybe in the way, John, that, like, Marcel Darius would in his prime. Like, there were there were moments in his prime where he would take over a game and get, like, two and a half sacks, like, and pressure along with that. Like, he was in his prime, in his heyday, Marcel Darius, while he still cared and tried on the team, he, he was good. He was a good defensive tackle. And I could see, you know, Ed Oliver reaching that level and then also becoming more consistent over his career than Marcel Darius. Is that too much? Am I going out of my lane here? What do you think about that? No, absolutely. And uh, just to, like, kind of like, as you were tallying up earlier the – the, you know, oh, this guy's going to get 10, this guy's going to get 10, and then you're running out of sacks. A lot of guys get, like, a sack or two, and you don't realize it. Like, the Bills had 16 different guys that were credited with a half a sack or more last year. So mm. you divide that out over 42 sacks, that's only, you know, two and a half sacks a person. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it does add up quickly if, if, you know, you get everybody involved. They do have a heavy defensive line rotation, so I think, you know... Your seven or eight is, you know, could be the floor. Yeah, yeah. And Von Miller has had uh, double-digit sacks in almost every season where he's played at least 15 games. And last season he played 15 games, but they were between two different teams. I mean, he played 17 games last season. All 17 games, he easily gets over in double-digit sack territory. So I think I think the floor for Von Miller should be 10 sacks. And actually, I did a poll on this on Twitter. John, if you were to guess how many sacks, if you were to vote in this poll, I said, how many sacks would Von Miller have in... Uh, by the way, if you're not following us on, Plitter, on Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> please do. Uh, we're at CTWPod, like Circling the Wagons Pod. We do giveaways all the time, so please follow us, especially if you like winning... Uh, this one was for a Bills jersey, but... Um, of any, of your choice, but like we do other ones as well. Uh, I I put underneath the Bills jersey giveaway how many sacks for Von Miller. I had first first guess is nine and a half or less. The second one being ten to twelve. The third one being twelve and a half or more. And John, what, what would you think between those those three options? I say ten to twelve for sure, pretty confidently. Yeah, that was definitely the winner, 10 to 12. And that kind of goes along with what I was just saying, 10 as the floor. Um, but, you I mean, dude, 12 and a half, would that completely surprise you, especially with Ed Oliver next to, you, next to him and, and the rotation that the Bills have? And if the Bills, like, um, have a really good, you know, when Tredavious White especially comes back and they're able to cover that side of the field, Kyrie Elam takes some lumps, but he gets better throughout the season, or maybe it's Dane Jackson on the other side, or maybe even Christian Benford, we don't know. Um, 
you know, th- those guys really start to to look better. And uh, and who knows how, how it uh, how it lines up? It could be it could be you know just you know okay in the beginning in the first six games, and all of a sudden Von Miller and you know just turns it on with Tre'Davious White returning. So we'll see. Yeah, pe- people forget like like so like last year he had you know two different teams. Um, nine and a half total sacks between the two, but like once he got to the playoffs, he was wreaking havoc. And like I, I don't know if it was just getting used to being on the new team or what, but like the dude is still a wrecking ball. Like he'll he'll get in the backfield and like he's just amazing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been taking advantage of like even Deion Dawkins at times, but also like. You know, the whoever's been playing a right tackle on the other side of him, it's like it seems like what you would want from a guy who's still doing well at what he does. It's not like, huh, we didn't really see a whole lot from Von Miller today. It's like, no, he makes his presence known every day sort of thing, um, which is what you want. Because I can't necessarily say the same for Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison the last couple of years. Um, you know, guys like that, they've really been missing a Von Miller-like guy. For sure, yeah, he's gonna like just just him. His presence is gonna help everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna get a, a better idea of of the team in general with this next preseason game um, against the uh, Indianapolis Colts this Saturday. I'm gonna try to do a Twitter Spaces. So if you're not following us, please do at CTW Pod, like Circling the Wagons Pod. Um, I think I'm going to do around eight eight thirty that night. Uh, we're going to go over the game. You'll get a chance to get your thoughts on the game. You'll get a chance to get your thoughts um, on the podcast because I do record from that Twitter space. And if it's a good one, I will post it on the podcast network. After that, um, I'm also going on vacation on Sunday morning, so it'll, it's the last chance that I'll get to. Uh, talk about that um after that so yeah this is a this is a fun time man it's a fun time to be a bills fan um and and john real quick how many how many drives do you think josh yellen gets next week zero zero you don't think he starts at all right no i wouldn't think so (laughs) i can't remember what they did because there's only three preseason games i want to try to remember how many how many he did last season i don't think he dressed last season did he I don't remember. I do remember Trubisky playing a lot, and him play and him playing well, actually. But I don't really remember the number that Allen had. I want to say like that he doesn't play. Ah, I can't remember if he doesn't play at all. If he plays one or two drives, I can't remember that because next week they play. I think they play two drives the first game. I want to play the. I want to say they play a quarter the game after that. And then the third and final preseason game, he doesn't even dress, I'm pretty sure. Or is it the other way around? He doesn't dress against the Colts, but he does play one or two drives in the third preseason game. Let me tell you, if I'm McDermott, he doesn't play a down until the Rams. (laughs) Exactly. What does he have to prove, right? Like that's You could say that, John, about almost all the players on this I mean almost all the starters on this team it's like what have they got to what does Micah Hyde have to prove what does Jordan Poyer have to prove what does Tremaine Edmonds have to prove what does you know Matt Milano have to prove what does you know let me ask you right? something if yes. Allen goes down compared That's, to any other player why, compared why would you to, even speak that into the because you're you you brought you're 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 bringing this up on yourself <laughs> don't you don't you don't you turn that on me okay okay go ahead what were you gonna say? you could lose any other one starter and be like, it's okay. We got, yeah. we got Josh. I, I even got, I even got a little. So my wife was trying to explain to my five-year-old daughter Poyer's injury and how like my wife was sad about it and this and that. And she's just explaining what the injury was, and my my five-year-old daughter is like, it's okay. We still have Josh Allen, <laughs> right? So like, yeah, her knowing nothing right about it. Anything. Yeah, yeah. We still have Josh Allen. So like that is the one player you don't lose. You know I I obviously uh, there's a lot of other players. Any starter is, is terrible to lose. It'd be a huge blow. You're losing your undefeated season at that point. But <laughs> yeah. you lose Josh Allen, that's Yeah. You don't you don't want him to play at all. No. No, yeah, you lose Josh Allen. That's that's the season, potentially. Well, I don't know. the the the, the team is 
So the the division is weak enough and the team is good enough. I think they could still make playoffs, but mm-hmm. I don't want to think about that. True. And I don't think True, they, I don't think they would advance very far after that either. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. But that is funny that your daughter was like had the wherewithal as a five year old to know that it stinks to lose like maybe Jordan Poyer, but it doesn't matter. We still have Josh Allen. <laughs> like everything will be fine. Like you know, oh, you lost uh, Tre'Davious White. You're starting. It's okay. It's okay. We have Josh Allen. Like, like don't worry. Like mommy, daddy. Like you'll be crying. Like you know, they lose Stephon Diggs or something. You'll be crying. Like don't worry, daddy. It's okay. We still have Josh Allen. <laughs> and you're just like, you know what, sweetie? You're right. You're right. We still have Josh Allen. Everything is okay. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, no, we don't want to lose any of those. Like, is Poyer gonna like hyperextended? Do you think he's gonna play at all in the preseason, Poyer? No, no, no. Like, any anybody that has an injury already is not gonna play unless you know it's like a rookie or you know whatever. Allen, yeah. you don't want to play. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like how much do you really want to play Diggs? Like, I mean, like they have a lot of receivers. Like, it's a don't play him, you know. Yeah, exactly. You have all those other receivers. Play anyone else? Exactly. Right. Is they exactly. gonna play Von Miller? Come on, come on. Don't, don't shield them. Don't even let them enter the stadium. <laughs> like, was there a chance that they could slip on the carpet or the or the tunnel on the way to the? Yeah. Actually, to the you sidelines? know what? Actually, McDermott shouldn't even be out there. You could hurt his hands clapping so much. Like, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't even, don't even do it. He's so important. Don't even let. <laughs> Uh, good point. Good point. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we'll have plenty of t- to talk about next week after the uh, preseason game. Um, some cool um, updates. Uh, we uh, we have the new updated Bills Mafia anthem from Don Brown, recording artist Don Brown. If you've heard our podcast in the last three years during the regular season, um, always play his uh, full anthem at the end of each episode, uh, which is always good. He's updated. He's updating all of his anthems. He has, I want to say, three or four completely separate Bills anthems, and he's updating each and every one of them like the same beat, but like he's updating the lyrics to like. Instead of all the players that aren't there anymore, because you know how easy it is for, you know, when players leave, like within a season, all of a sudden, you know, it's completely almost, it's almost irrelevant, but he's updated them all this offseason. So I'm going to play that one at the end of the, this episode. Want to thank our sponsor for the Circling the Wagons podcast, our official sponsor, um, the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Want to thank them for all they do uh, for us. Appreciate them. Um, coming over. If you haven't already, please check out the the Delago uh, Resort and Casino. Always a great time there. Um, I've gone when there isn't football playing, and I'll still make a bet. Like it is, it's just a fun time. That's where I met Frazier. That's where I met Kelsey Grammer. Was over at, was over there um, with his beer. So uh, got his autograph. So um, thank you, um, John, so much for coming on with this one. And it's been a fun discussion, fun training camp discussion. So signing off for John. Go Bills. And for me, Nate, go Bills. We'll talk to you guys after the Bills-Colts game. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons 
like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> yeah. 2022. We here. Hey, 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 let's go. Josh Allen, 17, yeah, we back. Yeah. Speaking of 17, no more drought. No. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills make you want to shout. Do. Trade day, trade day, making plays. That's John Murphy on the radio waves. Jordan Boy and Micah High all day. Uh. Bill Collectors, all they do is take away. Yeah. Kyrie Elam, Tremaine Evans, Gabe Davis. Ooh. Mitch Morse, Spencer Brown, Ryan Bates. Uh. Give it to Devin, we can run all day, yeah. Deion Dawkins, get defenders out the way, Easy for Allen, just find digs. Yeah, Bills Mafia. 